0: Well, how's everybody today? Wow, what a great, man, we got a great crowd here today. Amen, this is awesome. What a beautiful spirit. Haven't you just sensed an incredible presence of the Holy Spirit already in this house today? Hey, we also wanna recognize those of you that are watching uh, on live stream and those of you that'll be watching by recording uh, sometime later, we always wanna recognize and remember about you. Well, we are currently in a series called, Can You Hear Me Now? Can you hear me now? I mean, we are so grateful that there are so many different ways that God uses in order to speak to us. And we've talked about some of those ways uh, in this series. But out of all of the ways that God chooses to try and communicate and speak to man, his scripture is the main one. Do you appreciate the word of the Lord? Yeah, see, all we have to do in order to hear the voice of the Lord is simply to open the Bible and start reading. I want to challenge you, though, before that you open the Bible, before that you began to read the Word of God, before you do that, I want to challenge you, first of all, to ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate the Scriptures. Ask the Holy Spirit to open your spiritual eyes and reveal to you and show you what He wants you to receive from the Word of, of the Lord. And also, I want to say, if you are a rookie, I challenge you to start in the New Testament, all right? Let me challenge you to do that as well. I'm going to challenge you to ask the Holy Spirit to be your teacher. Ask him to help you glean from the Scriptures the lessons that you need, you need to learn. See, learning from the mistakes of others will save you a host of bumps and bruises along the way. And learning from the successes of others will give you a head start on personal success. See, God's Word is filled with principles for success, but it's also filled with a host of people uh, who have made mistakes. And, and because of, uh, of that, we can look and we can glean and we can learn from those, and then we can avoid making those same mistakes ourselves. God says, can you hear me now? Well, in this series, we are examining the seven letters that were written to the seven individual churches recorded in the book of the Revelation. Today's letter we're going to be examining uh, was written to the church in Philadelphia. Now, this church seems to be the purest out of all seven. Uh, it seems to be the most faithful. Uh, uh, it seems to be the most pleasing to the Lord. Uh, if you'll read all seven letters to all seven churches, you'll discover that, that this church was only one of two out of all seven, uh, who got by without a rebuke or without a warning from the Lord. The church in Smyrna was the, was the other. So I want us to begin this morning by reading the letter written to the church of Philadelphia. And let's see what we can learn from the saints there that we can apply to our lives. So let's open the book, uh, the Bible, to the book of the Revelation. Let's find the third chapter, and let's begin reading with verse number 7. It says, And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things says he who is holy... He who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts, and shuts and no one opens. I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door, and no one can shut it. For you have a little strength, and have kept my word, and have not denied my name." to the churches there are four things in this letter that i want to call your attention to today and the first thing i want us to notice in this letter i want us to notice the author i want us to notice the author of the letter we see him in verse number seven it says these things says he says who yeah these things says he he who is holy he who is true He who has the key of David. He who opens and no one shuts and shuts and no one opens. Who is this? Who who is this? Who is the author of this letter? Well, if you have a red letter Bible, you will see that this uh, letter is written in red. Now, in a red letter Bible, every word of Jesus is written in red. So the author of this letter is none other than Jesus Christ himself. How many, how many of you, you would like to receive a letter from Jesus? Wouldn't that be cool to get a letter written to you from Jesus? Well, let me tell you, you already have. You already have. God has written a letter to all of us. He has placed his letter in our hands and he says, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Well, two things this letter says about the author. First of all, it speaks of his holiness. It speaks of his holiness. Verse number seven, he who is holy. We just cannot fathom the absolute holiness of Jesus. We who are unholy, we who are unrighteous, we who were born with a sin nature, we, we who battle the tendency, the inclination, the propensity to sin, every single day we battle, right? Oh, oh no, no, you, you might not have to fight the urge to murder or rape or steal or commit some horrendous or vile act, but what about envy? What about jealousy? Jealousy? What about lust? What about greed? What about deceit? What about bitterness? What about unforgiveness? Does anyone get through an entire day without an impure or improper thought? See, if sin simply means to miss the mark, then I say, does even the saintliest saint hit the mark every time? It's amazing, isn't it? It's, it is amazing how we are so quick to point out the speck in somebody else's eye when we have a boulder coming out of our own eye. It's interesting. Oh, we cry out for mercy when we need it, but we have none to give. But you can't even find a speck in the eye of Jesus. Not even a speck, not one flaw, not one blemish, not even one single tiny little sin. He is holy. He is righteous. He is pure 100%. First thing I see in this letter is the author of the letter. Jesus is the author. But notice not only his holiness, but also notice his honesty. Verse number seven, he who is true. Jesus can be trusted. Well, the Bible says that it is impossible for him to lie. Let me ask you this morning, does anyone tell the truth anymore? Does anyone tell the truth anymore? the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? Can anyone report anything today without putting their spin on it? Is anyone one hundred percent honest, or do we twist everything and slant everything to our advantage? Jesus is one hundred percent true, one hundred percent honest, one hundred percent genuine. He says what he means, and he means what he says. Romans chapter three and verse number four says, "Let God be true, and let every man be a liar." Have you ever been hurt? ever been disappointed by the lies that someone told about you I have we all have my words have been twisted my actions have been misrepresented my motives have been wrongly judged all of us all of us have suffered unjustly by the lies that have been told can I let you into my heart just for a moment? It doesn't hurt me and bother me that much that people have lied and misrepresented me. That's what some people do. But what hurts worse is that people who should know me better actually believe the lies and judge me wrongly because of them. Oh, but not so with Jesus. Not so with Jesus, he cannot lie and he is not swayed by the lies that are told about us. We're talking about the author of this letter, Jesus. He he is holy uh, and he is honest. Uh, The next thing that I see in this letter is I see the awesomeness of the author. (laughs) Uh The awesomeness of the author. Verse seven, he who has has the key of David This key speaks of authority. See, a key gives you access, right? A key gives you access. A key will unlock a door for you that will remain locked to everyone else that doesn't have a key. Something else about keys is keys will tell you the level of authority that you have. There are three different types of keys for the grace place. One key is just a general key that we give out, and it'll get you into the front door. There's another key that we give out, it's called the master key. And it'll get you into just about every door in this church. But there's another key called the grand master. And only the grand master gets his key. I have a key that will unlock a couple of doors that nobody else in this church can open. I hold the key. It's the Grand Master. Jesus holds the Grand Master key. He who has the key of, of David, David was the king, he had total authority. He can unlock any locked door. He he can make anything happen that he wanted to happen by simply opening the door through the key of command. Jesus has the key of David. He has supreme In his hand is the key that will unlock any locked door. I ask you this morning, what door is locked to you? What door is it, oh, that you need to have unlocked this morning? We're talking about the awesomeness of the author. He opens doors of opportunity that no one can shut. Verse number seven, he who opens and no one shuts. Listen, there are doors that have been shut and locked to you in the past that God, I believe, wants to unlock and open for you. Relationships, perhaps, that you wanted to develop. Maybe positions that you wanted to ascend to. Perhaps resources that, that you wanted and needed to acquire. But for whatever reason, these doors have remained shut. They have remained locked for you. But hear me this morning. Just as the Lord rewarded the saints in Philadelphia for their faithfulness, I believe that he can also do for you as well. He can open doors of opportunity, but not only can he open doors of opportunity, he closes the door on the opposition. Verse number seven, he who shuts doors that no one can open. See, we like to talk about open doors. We love to talk about open doors. We're quick, or we should be at least, but most of the time we are quick to praise God when God opens the door for us. But we tend to pout when the door closes. I've been guilty of this. Before I became the pastor of this church, I was talking with a couple of other churches. Now, these other churches were much bigger and had far less problems than this one. So obviously, I wanted those doors open. And it seemed the door In a couple of places, maybe even in three, the door seemed wide open for me and I. Man, I was excited. I was excited. I was packing my bags, man. But then at the very last second, the door slammed shut in my face. I even had one church to tell me I had already polled the, the pulpit committee, and every single one on the pulpit committee said they were they wanted to call you, pastor, to come and, and you know and, and perhaps be the next pastor of our church. And, uh, and I, but we had to make it official, and, and so we went and had our official meeting. And three hours later, somebody else was called, and nobody knows why. Nobody had a reason. They just we just blamed it on God. <laughs> I said, thank you, Lord. I was devastated. I began to whine. I began to to pout. But see, the door that I wanted to open for me was not the right door. It was not the right door. The right door was the door to this church. But I didn't know it at the time. See, there's things that are waiting behind the door you have absolutely no clue. And if you really knew what was waiting on the other side of that door, you might not be so excited about that door opening for you. See, if one of the other doors had opened for me, I would not have been available when this door opened. And this door, not those doors, was the right door. Well, three people said amen to that, amen. Some of you think, I wish you'd have went to the other door. God is so awesome, isn't he? he is so awesome he knows how to align our circumstances he knows how to align our relationships so that in the perfect time the right door will open for us but hear me sometimes he has to shut some doors along the way so hear from someone hear from a voice of experience trust him Trust him. He's working on your behalf. Don't get in a hurry. If this door opens for you and you walk through this door, perhaps there was a better door waiting on down the road. Amen. But because you walk through this door, you are not available for that door. So trust the Lord and simply ask the Lord to lead you to the right doors to open. He opens the doors that need to be open and he shuts the doors that need to be shut. He's an awesome, awesome God amen his will and his timing is best well let's look at the third thing that i see in this letter and that is i see the appointment i see the appointment and we find the appointment in verses seven and eight let me read that to you again I'm going to jump down a little bit in verse 7. And these things says, he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts, shuts and no one opens. I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door and no one can shut it. For you have a little strength, have kept my word, and have not denied my name. Open doors are an invitation into the future God has planned for us. Open doors are an invitation into the future God has planned us that's why we must constantly and consistently keep our eyes and ears open because God continually gives us opportunities and yet so often we miss them because we were not looking for them God has opened a door for for us but we do not recognize this is an open door well something else we need to understand is and that is that Satan also opens doors did you hear me I said, sometimes Satan opens doors. He opens the wrong doors. And what I've learned about the devil is the doors that he opens always appeals to our flesh. The bigger church appealed to my flesh. The devil opens the wrong doors, opens doors that always appeal to our flesh. So when a door opens, always pray and ask God, don't assume, don't assume when a door opens that it is God. But when a door opens, always pray and ask God if he opened the door or if Satan opened the door or maybe maybe it is that we kicked the door down ourselves. So when a door opens, be sensitive to the voice of the Lord. Is he saying yes or is he saying no, Lord? Do I walk through this door or not, Lord? Here is a door that is open, but Lord, is this the door you open or did the devil open it or did I open it with my own charisma or my, you know, my aggressiveness or whatever that it might be, Lord? Is this is this a open door? Is this from you? Are you leading and directing me? Is this a door you have opened or, Lord, are you saying yes or are you saying no, Lord? Should I walk to it or Lord should I not? Do you have an uneasiness as you're about to walk through that door? Do you have a peace about the open door? Are there alarm bells that are going off on the inside of you? Listen, listen, God is trying to speak to you. He's saying, can you hear me now? And once we ascertain that it is the Lord that has opened a door for us, then we must take the initiative Say the initiative. Yeah, yeah. Once we ascertain that it is indeed an open door that the Lord has opened for us, then we must take the initiative to walk through the door that God has opened. Because here's what I've also discovered, and that is that God won't drag you through the door. God opened a door for me. God opens a door, we just stand looking at the open door. Duh. God will not drag you through the door. He won't push you through the door either. And once we have discovered that it is God's voice leading us, that it is indeed him who has opened the door for us, then we must exercise our faith and we, we, we must walk through the door. And let me tell you that some doors require more faith to walk through than others do. See, oftentimes, God opens a door for us that has incredible, unbelievable potential for us like this church had. Oh, I know other preachers couldn't see the potential. They couldn't. There wasn't a host of people lined up to come and be the pastor of this church 18 years ago. But there was great potential here. There was problems There was difficulty. There was a mountain of them, but there was potential. God opened, often God opens a door for us that has incredible potential for us, but because of fear or because of a lack of trust or because of too little faith, we back away from the door and we miss out on what God had planned for us. I know of a certain pastor who had a dream, and in this dream, he saw A church and he saw a pastor, another pastor standing on the front the very front of that outside that church holding the keys to the church out to this pastor the very next day after this pastor had this dream this pastor shows up in his office and invites him to come to his church and become the new pastor. He, he he had just seen in a dream. He had just seen the church and seen the pastor the night before in a dream and the very next day. Hello. That pastor comes with an invitation. He went, right? No. He didn't go. Why? False assumptions. He began to make some false assumptions. How do I know they were false assumptions? Because I know. Believe me, I trust me, I know. And his false assumption caused him to miss out on God's best for him and for his family. We are partners with God. God opens the doors, but we must walk through them. He's not going to push us through the door. He's not going to pull us through the door. We have to be willing to walk through the door God opens for us. Ask the children of Israel what it was like to not walk through open doors that God had opened for them. didn't turn out very good for about three million folk, did it? Let's look at the fourth and the final thing that I want to point out in this letter and that is the affirmation. And we see this in verses 10 through through 12. Let me read those again this morning. It says, because you have kept my command to persevere, I also will keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world. To test, to test, test, not fest, test. I bit my tongue yesterday. I mean it bled for 15 minutes and I'm having a hard time this morning. (laughs) Verse 10, Because you have kept my command to persevere, I also will keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have, that no man take your crown. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God. And I will write on him my new name. Let me say two things as we close this morning. Number one, the faithful will always be protected. The faithful will always be protected. Verse 10, because you have kept my command to persevere, I also will keep you from, say from, I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is coming upon the whole world. I'm gonna believe God protects his people. Yeah, God protects his people. Listen, before God destroyed every living thing through the flood, he first, he first had Noah build an ark and he and his family were protected by it. Before God rained down fire and brimstone on Sodom and Gomorrah, he first, say first, he first sent angels to get Lot and his family out of those cities. God protected Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the burning fiery furnace. God sent an angel to keep the lions' mouths closed when Daniel was tossed into their den. The faithful will always be protected. Listen, before God spews his venom and spews his wrath out on planet earth for its sins in what is called the Great Tribulation, before that, he will first, he will first snatch his people, his church. He will first snatch his people away in what is called the rapture of the church. The faithful will always be protected. When Stephen was stoned because of his faith, he was heard to say, look, look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Wait, what? The Bible says that Jesus sits at the Father's right hand, right? It says he sits at the Father's right hand, but here it says he's standing He's standing, no doubt Jesus was standing with arms outstretched, welcoming Stephen into heaven. I don't know, you can preach it the way you want to when you're preaching, but it's my sermon today. And I believe, I believe that Stephen didn't even feel the rocks pounding his body. Because Acts chapter 7 verse 55 says that Stephen saw the glory of God. And I believe and I'm convinced that God's glory protected him and covered him. I'm telling you this morning, there's no safer place to be than in the center of God's will. But understand this, this morning, our faith will always have to be proven. Verse 11 and 12, hold fast to what you have, that no one take your crown. He who overcomes, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. Consider this this morning. Holding fast or holding on to something with a firm grip indicates the possibility of losing our grip and losing what we have. Would you agree? To agree. Amen. Thank you for those two that agree. Also, would you also agree this morning that in order to overcome, that indicates there will be things that we will have to overcome. We love to talk about being an overcomer, but being an overcomer means we've overcome something. It also overcomers and that phrase there also indicates that there that these things have the potential to overcome us. If we don't overcome them, they will overcome us. Hold on, the letter says. Hold on so that your crown can't be taken from you. So I have a question for you this morning, and that is, how is your grip? How is your grip? Are there some things about to slip out of your hands? How's your faith? How's your faith? Is it, is it still strong or is it a little bit shaky? Do you need to firm up? your grip. The takeaway for the message this morning is this, God will lead those who are willing to listen to his voice. God will lead those who are willing to listen to his voice. God is saying to someone today, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Father, I just pray that you'll take this incredible, infallible, miracle-working, life-changing word today. God, I pray that your word, God, will will reach its intended target. God, I pray that we will respond to your word today and respond to your voice as we hear it through your word, through through your preacher, your pastor. As you speak to us on the inside, the Holy Spirit speaking, even now, Lord, we desire to hear your voice. We desire to be led by you.